Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Calajaris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Marketing, and your host for this episode. So one of my favorite parts of my job is being able to talk to clients, to hear about the challenges they have, the successes they've had, and what they do. And today I'm extraordinarily excited because we have the VP of Product Management for Box, John Fan, on the line. Hi, John. Hey, Rebecca. John, can you just help give our audience a little bit of about you and your history and how you got into product management, and then maybe a little bit about Box as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been at Box uh, closing in on four years here, and uh, I run our enterprise product teams. Um, I actually got to Box through the acquisition of a startup I co-founded, uh, and uh, prior to have worked uh, in startups as well as uh, spent three years working at um, at IBM as part of a different acquisition. Um, I got to product, I would say, kind of the, the classic engineering path, uh, where uh, I was an engineer in a startup uh, and an engineering manager in a startup and found I was spending so much more of my time like trying to figure out what customers wanted. And so, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the very classic, I'm, I'm out in the field more than I was necessarily managing my team. And I realized, actually, that's a job uh, and that's a, a product manager. And so at, at some point, I made that change uh, over and have um, since then been... Uh, uh, been in the product side. Awesome. So what is product management like at Box? Yeah, so at Box, it's it's super interesting. I think uh, a lot of uh, a lot of folks will think of Box and, and think of where we were maybe four or five years ago where, you know, we're effectively a, 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 what I would say, a, a place you store files in the cloud or file sync and share solution for the enterprise. Um, in that, you know, in that kind of world, the product management is pretty straightforward, I would say, but, but as we've evolved the product line and become much more of a cloud content management player, we now are, are really the place that um, you get work done on the files you store in the cloud versus just storing the files there. And so we've actually split our team somewhat along those lines. Um, and so we we work as product managers in a, a fairly horizontal product. So as, as of our um, our last earnings call, we have about 90,000 customers. And if you look at those customers, there there's no sort of rhyme or reason to the um, industries or sizes they come from. We really literally serve uh, every organization in the world. And so our, our product managers have to think broadly horizontally and then work with each other uh, in order to ship uh, box because we still ship, you know, sort of one product to the customer. Wow. 90,000 customers across all super different kinds. I, w I mean, if we think about that as personas and you, I know they're very diverse, how many personas does that translate to? Do you utilize personas there? Yeah, absolutely, and, and uh, we absolutely do. And we kind of, I would say, there's a couple different levels to to our personas. And if you think about um, how we organize our product team, they kind of fall out from there as well. So we organize our team sort of by persona in a sense, uh, in that um, we have a team that focuses on on how our end users, you know, the folks who interact day to day with the box products and clients, um, will. Uh, will kind of use the product. And so that's sort of that end user persona. Uh, we have uh, a set of folks who then, and this is my team, where we think about sort of the IT admin, your security admin, your compliance officer. Uh, and so we have that persona and they, they fundamentally um, uh, would be kind of operating uh, on the data inbox or, or more likely in our admin console as well. And then we have, um, you know, a, a team that focuses on our developer experience, which is, more than just uh, thinking about 
SDKs and APIs is actually really about that overall, like how is it documented, how easy is it to use all those things. If I'm a third-party developer, how quickly do you have the SDK in my language, right? So that developer persona is very different from just saying, I need an API. It's actually like, how does, how does somebody who's actually building and writing code for a living think about the world? Uh, so between those three personas, we really have kind of different focus points. And then within each of them, there are, I, I would say, maybe sub-personas, like even on the admin side of my team, we think about, you know, there's sort of your core IT admin, but then there's somebody who's coming in as a security admin. And so for each of those, we're, we're kind of designing and thinking through the experience. And I would say the, uh, the interesting challenge for us is to unify those experiences into what is uh, what will look like and, and feel like a single product, but give the different kind of personalized um, set of capabilities to each person who's using the product. So when you say that your teams are, are kind of around personas to some extent, is that on just the product management side or does that go across other groups and departments as well? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. We actually, um, on, on our product marketing team, our colleagues on the product marketing side, we, uh, they align uh, kind of along those lines as well. And so we're thinking about the world as, as a product manager and a product marketer tackling a persona and a, you know, a set of business problems for that persona together. Uh, and so that's, that kind of partnership we have with our product marketing team really helps us think about both the, um, you know, sort of the activities on the technical side and map that to look, what does that mean from a go-to-market perspective and, and the sales readiness perspective while combining it all sort of with the business context of, of the problems we're solving for those personas and for the market. That's awesome. So you work a lot with product marketing in your team, and then I'm certain you work a lot with development, right? For sure. So let's talk um, about, Let's talk about that. That's always an area of, of interest as to how those two groups uh, share information and what kind of processes you have in place. Yeah, so on the, on the development side, it's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting thing. I think one of the, uh, one of the areas we, as we've been building out and scaling out the team over the, the last several years that we found, I, I mentioned earlier, we're, we're broadly sort of horizontal product. Uh, and so uh, from a developer perspective, that means, you know, we're building a service that um, from a cloud perspective, we want to make sure we provide a very consistent experience and a very, you know, we're not duplicating um, different components and so on. Uh, and so what that means is, is we make sure, for example, that there is a consistent singular mobile experience or desktop experience or web experience for us. Um, uh, but that means when my team is building a security feature, we think across all three of those modalities. We think about how do you implement that consistently. Uh, and then we work with uh, the teams who very specifically focus on that persona to make sure that we're kind of mapping that in. And so we were finding kind of, as, I, as you can as maybe hear as I'm talking through this, it's a lot of just uh, sort of potential complexity there. So we're finding um, the dependencies between teams were, were something that were really interesting to kind of work through and the understanding of how our personas uh, overlap and what the flows look like, uh, you know, when you think about how a feature gets implemented involved multiple personas. So when we got down to writing product requirements and figuring out how to make sure everybody across the team knew it, we, we knew we had to build a process and a, a way that would allow us to uh, actually kind of get all that information together, um, focused by, you know, kind of the problem we're solving, the personas we're solving it for. Uh, and so we, we actually had built out a pretty interesting product spec and release process where we're pulling that all together um, so that we can actually make sure that everybody has alignment on what problems are solving and why. Oh, so you have a, a, a process around that product spec and release that's really designed. To, can you tell us a little bit about it, a little bit more? Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so the way we think about it broadly, there's there's maybe four phases, if you like, in in that process. Um, you know, sort of we do a, a strategy phase up front where we're thinking about, you know, let's do a little bit of discovery on what the solution is, what's the opportunity, and let's actually go articulate up front what's the business value we want to deliver to a customer. And so that helps us focus on, you know, the customer first and not worry about the technology necessarily and, and you know, kind of building a feature just because it's kind of a, a cool feature, right? Um, so we, we look at that strategy piece first. And in the second phase, we work through kind of the plan and build. And this is where we're really uh, partnering quite deeply, um, as we were talking about just now, with our developers and, and our engineers. Um, what's the, you know, sort of the, the core, I would say, product execution kind of methodology here where we're thinking about, you know, how do we prioritize our backlog? What's the design look like? Let's go develop that. And then in parallel as we're doing that, we start to work on, um, as we see the, the build coming together, What's our go-to-market strategy? How do we actually go and, and execute against that? Um, so that's this, the plan and build phase, uh, the second phase there. The third one, we're really we're hitting GA, products getting ready, and then we start to, to talk to our go-to-market teams, think about how we, we uh, uh, really get that out the door. And then in the fourth phase for us, which is just as important as, as any of the previous three, it's, okay, the, the product's out in market, let's make sure post-release we're looking at what we're doing, uh, iterating, adding new features, and so forth. So if I drill into kind of that second phase of that process, what we're really doing is is working with the, the engineering team. We were writing, um, uh, you know, product specs, user stories, and so on, and then that's getting translated uh, from there. And, and we're working with our engineering team to make sure there's then a, a very deep technical design document that they can operate from as well. So, so do you guys at your side kind of create the deep technical document, or is there something you hand off to them? or to an architect who then creates the deeper sort of spec. Yeah, no, it's super interesting there. I think there's um, a, a bit of a handoff, although I, I always hesitate with the word handoff because it kind of, uh, kind of feels a little bit more transactional than the way we want it to happen. Mm -hmm. The way we build our teams is we actually think about it as like there's a very tight partnership between our uh, product managers, our product marketing team, our engineering managers, and our architects. So in a lot of ways, even in that first phase for strategy, that group of four, along with a designer and, and some support from business analytics, are going forward and saying, what is the problem we're trying to solve? And so we, we're, we're kind of indexing on making sure there's um, broad alignment across the, the functions so that we all uh, are on the same page about what problem we're solving. Um, but then as it does relate to kind of the technical architecture, you know, that's absolutely not something we expect our product managers uh, to do, although uh, probably many of them could, but we we try and actually make it so that they can, um, you know, we, because of that shared understanding, we'll write the requirements, and that is definitely the artifact by which we will help to communicate and flush out the issues, uh, and then in, you know, kind of from that, the the architecture uh, folks and the engineering folks are then thinking about, all right, what does that technical design look like, and then we're kind of reviewing that as well. Are there any? Uh as you guys have kind of flushed this out and really worked to, to smooth it out, are there any tools or systems that you guys use internally that's helped with this process? Yeah, I think we've, we've ended up uh, building around uh, you know, some of the tools from Atlassian. We're, we're definitely a full agile shop here. And so we do use Jira and Confluence as sort of a couple of the tools we use to um, make sure that we've got everything documented in a place where everybody can access it. It works um, on the Jira side with the workflow that um, our engineering teams run on for uh, stand-ups and retrospectives and so forth. And then it also, I think critically, uh, and this is sometimes something, uh, you know, I would miss in, in, 
in thinking about tooling is actually uh, at our scale when we're talking about you know the you know we're we're 2,000 employees worldwide, but then you know you can imagine the engineering team kind of being of a pretty decent proportion of that. Um, if you have internal mobility between teams, you know you kind of want everybody using the same tooling, so that's one piece. And then the other one is because you have so many engineers, getting a sense of where the hotspots are for uh, development also matters. And so the reporting and the ability to say, hey, like how you know, if I go look team by team, what's the sprint velocity look like? Some of those things uh, are really important as well. And so we found that that having kind of the, those tools in place really help us understand. Uh, where the, the hiccups are in the process and where we can actually, you know, are we doing everything we need to do as product managers to make sure our, our engineering counterparts are able to, to move as fast as they can. Okay, okay, hold that thought. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that according to a recent third-party study from Tech Validate, the average attendee at Pragmatic Marketing reduces their time to market by more than 25%? Get time back on your side and register today at pragmaticmarketing.com slash buy. All right, let's get back to the podcast. So then it's clear in the four years that you've been there that you've put systems and processes in place. What are some of the lessons along the way? Some of, you know, the things that really helped you, maybe a few of the pitfalls that you wish you could have avoided uh, that you've learned over the years. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say kind of the, the number one thing I've learned and, and having done, you know, product management at a few different companies, kind of large and small, uh, there's not really a one size fits all. I think it's um, looking at where your organization is and figuring out where in a journey makes is kind of kind of the most important thing. And so we sat down as we were starting in and figuring out, hey, we're, we're in, you know, whatever we'll call it, the next version, the next iteration of how we do product releases here at Box. What are the key things we want to solve for? And so we you almost treat it like a, uh, it's its own product, right? The release process itself. Mm. And so we sat down and said, you know, how do you, how, how do we want to fix this? What problems are the most important for us to solve? And let's try and solve those. Um, I think for us as well, like the, operational side and the change management were just as crucial as the strategy and the build. Uh, and so as we thought about, hey, we're going to roll this out, let's make sure we don't over process it uh, and have, you know, make it so hard to release anything that we kill our velocity. But let's put enough in place that we keep everybody across the company aligned on, on what we're solving for and that we, we ensure that we're going through sort of the right thought process on what we're building. Um, I think the the other big thing for us is uh, you know iterate. And so we we released the first version. We had a few product teams go through it. We got some feedback from them. We found some things we wanted to fix. Uh, places where we could be a little bit lighter in the process. Places where we needed a little to give them a little bit more guidance and and tooling. And so kind of as we we went forward, I think the other thing anytime you roll out uh, something like this is is really to to make sure you do treat it like hey, it is a product, it's a living, sort of breathing thing, your organization evolves, and um, and the sort of the way you ship product has to evolve with it. I really think that's smart, too, to, to kind of treat the release process as a product, right? Like, this is what you guys do, this is where your skill set is, use that, your product management skills on some of your internal and organizational and operational pieces to really work through those. Smart. Yeah, for sure. It's it's one of those things I think too. We just do it instinctively, and then you step back and you realize actually, hey, it's, we are kind of treating it just like a product, and that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. 
So then as you have, you've grown your team, what do you look for in team members? Like now that you're, you've got these things in place, what makes a star product manager at Box? Yeah, for sure. So I think uh, when we look at it uh, from a career uh, uh, sort of skills perspective, the, the base of what we look for, I would say, are, are kind of three kind of hard skill areas and then a, a fourth uh, sort of the, the communication and collaboration, the ability to, you know, kind of articulate the problem you're solving for is, is sort of the fourth area. The first three, though, are, are really we look for um, sort of the product execution, product design skills, the technical skills, uh, the ability to operate with an engineering team, a design team, and so forth, and, and to kind of, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of being a, a, a of building a product. Uh, then the second area is really around the health and growth of uh, of your your feature, your product, your portfolio, where you are able to look at the data and either be sort of driven by or influenced by the data coming back, and you know kind of what to ask um, of uh, of the product so that you know how it's doing. And then the third area is just really around strategy and vision, and being able to articulate, you know, here's what we're um, Here's what, why we're building what we're building in the product uh, in your area of the product and increasingly over time being able to, to articulate that across the entire product line. So I'd say those are kind of the, the core four areas, the, the kind of the soft skills, execution, uh, health and growth, and then um, the strategy and vision side. Um, for uh, our teams as well, I think there's a couple other things we, we look for, uh, or at least on, on my team, I hire for sort of, um, I'm looking for curiosity, uh, sense of urgency, and then uh, uh, I was never able to articulate it well, but I was listening to another podcast recently, and unfortunately, I can't remember which one right now, but the term operational range came up, and I, I really value that as well. Somebody who can be, you know, in the weeds and the details, but then also equally adept at at some of the strategy and high-level things. I think building a team that has sort of that flexibility really makes it a more resilient team. And I think those are, they're requirements for a product person, right? To be both high level and, and go and to be able to go back and forth very seamlessly. And, and uh, it's, it is a good term for it, the operational range, because it's needed and it's not something that everybody has. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 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 yeah, you're exactly right, Rebecca. I think it's, it's a, a strangely, or maybe not a, a, a core kind of uh, trait uh, product managers really uh, need and need to continue to exercise because it's it just is so valuable when you're thinking about how do you build and, and ship and release products and make them successful in the market. So then, uh, sort of, what's next for Box and product management? Yeah, so I, you know, I think we're continuing to grow and, and build out the team here. Um, we're really driving hard into kind of uh, our our capabilities around. Uh, cloud content management. So, you know, as we do that, we're we're definitely finding that we need we want to continue to bring in uh, PMs who have kind of it's it's interesting for us I think for as a product team because we are looking for much like our product the intersection of product managers who understand the enterprise space but bring sort of the end user uh, if you like the consumer product sensibilities to design because ultimately that's that's the space we operate in now and so. Uh, as we grow that team, it's been really interesting, or grow our team out here, it's been interesting to, to look at, at that as well. And so we continue to to want to build that out. That's great. All right, last question. We've yeah. talked about all kinds of things today. Um, but if you were going to talk to the listeners directly and say, hey, I want you guys to do or think about these two things differently tomorrow based on what you heard from me today, what would they be? 
Ah, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I think the the things I would think about, you know, if you were to take away anything, uh, the first one would be sort of as you are um, in your product release process. It actually, I think they evolve naturally through just sort of the the, the organization organically building things. Um, the first thing I would say is take a step back and see if you can document what your process looks like and whether or not it's consistent. Because I think somewhere in there you will find the, the things that are working for your organization that you want to emphasize and the, the things that, that maybe are, are slowing you down or inconsistent across teams. Um, the other thing I would say, uh, and as I think about this, would be, you know, just as you're you know, doing all the normal product uh, management work is, is the, the continued focus on, you know, are you delivering customer value and how you're able to me uh, to measure that? And so that can apply to the, the release process where it's, you know, your customers are, are the rest of the organization and how do you know whether or not what you're delivering to them in, you know, the release, uh, uh, go-to-market kind of release artifacts, the design, and uh, technical requirements, all of those things, do we know whether or not those are hitting the mark or not for, for those teams? And so, again, treating that release process like a product, I think, is, uh, is a great mindset to at least start adopting. Great. Well, thank you, John, so much for coming in and sharing your story. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate uh, you having me here, Rebecca, and I really appreciate the time for everybody listening. Awesome. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career.